My name is Richard. I'm sitting in a tree right now. I have a Kindle stuck in a branch. A can of Spinthrift sitting next to me. I am a recovering religion addict. And I am now known as the Irreverent Nerd. Greetings, fellow nerds. So, this is a rough draft that could end up being the final draft, depending on how my day goes and how my time runs. <laughs> Apologies for all the road noise. Uh, I'm going to pick my daughter up from school, so I'm recording uh, when I can, essentially. So, let's see. Ah, what's been on my mind today? Well, so I watched an episode of a Star Wars series today that will will go unnamed and I will refrain from offering too many details because I don't really want to deal with spoiler warnings in today's episode. But as as many, you know, Star Wars episodes do, you know, whether it be a movie, TV show, you know, at some point along the way you're going to get a speech, maybe a brief one, you know, it's going to be very contemplative, but it will be about the nature of the Force. Like how to use the Force, or what the Force is, how it interacts with the universe, etc. And obviously, this has a very spiritual element, which I, th- I believe is, is part of the reason for Star Wars popularity. I mean, obviously, it's, it's cool science fiction, you know, you have all all the ships and you have the political intrigue and the warfare and you have you know interesting characters as well but I don't think honestly I I doubt it would be as popular as it is if it didn't have kind of that mythical spiritual quality to it as well you know obviously you you have the the very conscious decision that Lucas made to follow Jungian archetypes in the story of Luke you know the hero's journey and all of that and that resonates with us on so many levels as humans you know there's so many stories that that we have been telling ourselves down through the millennia that have elements of the hero's journey I mean there's a reason why it's an archetype as Jung would say but then there is also like in this idea of the force there are certainly um, elements of Eastern mysticism, and there's elements of Buddhism uh, that you find in the idea of non-attachment, at least for practicing Jedi. Like those that follow the, the path of the Jedi are not to be attached to other beings. Like they are to practice non-attachment, which obviously is a struggle for them. And it's interesting because now, this is going to be a bit of a spoiler warning, but most of these stories have been out here for a long time, so it's not that much of one. But in the expanded universe, you know, I've, I've read or listened to quite a few of the novels. Um, by the way, the main narrator for the Star Wars audiobooks is amazing. He does a great uh, impression of Luke and of Han Solo, and just all around, like, very, very good productions. Like, there's even sound effects and music in them, so it's, they're pretty dang cool. Like, they just have the one narrator. Like, he does all the voices. Um, 
So it's not a radio drama or audio drama, if you will, in that sense. But but it's about as close as you can get with an audiobook, you know, with complete, like I said, with John Williams' musical score in the background from time to time and sound effects. So I, they're very enjoyable. If you haven't checked any of them out, do so. Also, like I ran across this, I believe it was also on Audible, uh, where I've listened to some of these Star Wars things. I believe there was a BBC radio drama production of the original Star Wars story. Essentially, it, it, it shadows the story very closely. Uh, they might have even used the actual script, perhaps with a few modifications, but the original voice actors, I believe all of them, definitely Mark Hamill um, took part in it, and that's really cool. So if you ever get a chance to, to check that out, do so. <clears throat> Anyway, getting back to the Force and spirituality in Star Wars. Obviously, the Path of the Jedi, it's kind of this interesting mixture of, you know, samurai. So you have, you know, you have uh, elements of Bushido in there, you know, the code of the samurai. And certainly you have elements of Buddhism, you know, ideas of non-attachment. Uh, if I had to guess, I would say... I don't know this for certain, but I would guess that Lucas may have been influenced by the Seven Samurai film uh, and some of his work. I need to watch that, by the way. That's considered a classic. Um, now, I've seen The Magnificent Seven. I think that's what it's called. Magnificent Seven? Yeah. Which was a, a Western made in the U.S. Um, that borrowed from, you know, or took inspiration from The Seven Samurai. Um, and... <laughs> Believe it or not, the Three Amigos, <laughs> a nineteen eighty, you know, nineteen eighty, well, what was it, eighty two, eighty one, somewhere in there, uh, early eighties comedy with uh, also borrows inspiration. Um, it took its inspiration from the Magnificent Seven, which took its inspiration from the Seven Samurai. Anyway, I'm getting on a rabbit trail. Uh, <laughs> I, I do like that movie though, The Three Amigos. That's um, one of was one of my favorites growing up. You know, I mean, any movie, you got Martin Short, Steve Martin, and Chevy Chase all in the same movie. Hilarity will ensue. Um, and it, it's a funny movie. I don't know that it would pass the bill. Nowadays, it's probably politically incorrect on some level. But it's pretty funny. Anyway, that's a different topic. So, <laughs> back to Star Wars again. So you have the elements of, of Buddhism, which I, I've been looking into that a bit. Uh, I will admit, over the last year or two, uh, I ran across this this little book at a, at a used bookstore um, here in my town. By the way, I need to pay attention to what I'm doing here. I'm driving. Um, no, don't worry. I'm looking at the road the whole time. This yeah. Anyway, um, let's see. Oh, yeah. Used bookstore. And this is little... It's called The Teachings of Buddha. Or teachings of the Buddha, I think, and it's put out by the Society for the Promotion of Buddhism in Japan, and it was in Japanese and English, like, side by side, so you have, you have a page in English, and on the right is the same page in Japanese, uh, pretty cool, actually, uh, I don't speak Japanese, so, and nor do I read it, but it, it's still neat to know, like, hey, you know, this book originally came from Japan, or at least Someone Japanese owned it at some point, which is kind of cool. I've I've long been interested in Japanese culture, not not enough to become an expert in it, but it, it, it interests me. There's elements of it, that, and some of it's just 
the the differences between their culture and ours um, that I find it fascinating. But I've been reading a bit, you know, the, the teachings of the Buddha, the story of the Buddha, and, and I'm sure there's there's different, from what I understand, there's different traditions within Buddhism. There's different ways of practicing Buddhism, uh, as I understand it, and. Um, but those elements are, are certainly in there. But you also have this element of pantheism that that is it. And it's... I don't know if pantheism is necessarily the right word. Um, but it, it's close to that idea that, that, that all living things are interconnected. Like, literally, there is a force. This is the force that connects all living things together. You know, you could call that force God... Obviously, in the Star Wars universe, they just call the Force the Force. <laughs> um, it's it it's a little bit more, it's a little more impersonal, and in, it's not personified in the sense that God is in the, in our Western way of thinking. You know, where like he and, and often, admittedly, often in in Eastern way of thinking as well, like God, the gods, if you will, God or the gods are often personified they are anthropomorphized you know in our attempt to understand the universe that we live in and our attempts to figure out how it works how to make it work and in our desire to connect to something bigger than ourselves like we have imagined over the millennia we have imagined all kinds of gods but the force is it's a little more like pantheism in the sense that it, it doesn't It's a collective consciousness. It's not a specific consciousness that interacts uniquely with individual beings. Although it, it does in some sense, but it's more of like, well, <laughs> a force, a power, a, a source of power, a source of wisdom that you can draw on. But it's not this like um, king on his throne up in the sky you know, Lord of the Thunder and the Wind and the Rain kind of idea that that our Western God finds his roots in. You know, Yahweh was in many ways a, a storm god. Very similar to um, the nearby Ugaritic deity Baal uh, and later Canaanite deity Baal. Like, bears a distinct similarity uh, to said entity. They were certainly competing, 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 competitive, competitors. <laughs> they were competing gods, essentially, um, even there within Israel. I mean, if you any of you who have read the Bible can, can see that. Um, you look at other mythologies, there are certainly gods who compete with one another. It's not a new concept, if you will. It's not a particularly unique concept either uh, in, in world history. But... Well, Star Wars, and I think it's probably one of the one of the reasons why it's had a universal appeal, is that because this force is not personified, it's not given a name other than just the generic word, the force. People from all different religions, or non-religious, those who are non-religious, if you will, atheists and the like, can imbue the force with you know, the meaning that, that they wish. You know, it's, it's 
very flexible in that sense. Um, yes, it does have some specific features, one of them being the, this idea of balance. But even that, you know, is a, is a fairly common idea. Um, although I think within Eastern thought, like the idea of yin and yang, is it's different than than the more ancient Near Eastern and and later, you know, Western ideas of good and bad, of righteousness and wickedness, good and evil, if you will. It, it's different than that. Yes, you have the dark side and the light side, um, and yet, it, what's interesting about like there's there's a cosmic perspective where the force seeks to bring balance to the universe. Like there is there is a balancing that happens between the light and the dark, if you will, between death and life on, on, on another plane. There there is a balance that occurs. Um, whereas in in ancient Near Eastern and and, and Western thought. It's not really an idea of balance. It's more of an idea of conquering and warfare. There's there is a war between good and evil. Which on you know when you zoom in uh, within the story of Star Wars, you certainly have that that fight. You know um, between good and evil, and then that's another reason why it's so popular is because that is if you know. Even just the struggle for survival, like you have one being who's fighting against another being, or one group of beings who are fighting against another for survival. Um, then you have ideas of like there's one group of beings that are that are cruel and another that's not. You know, you so have good versus evil, if you will. But in a cosmic sense, like the force is more impersonal; it doesn't take a side. Cosmically, it seeks to bring balance, which is different. Than, than the Christian idea where the idea that good will prevail, good will defeat the evil, good will destroy the evil, and and rather than bringing balance, it it brings homogeneity. You know, it it, it creates a homogeneous universe where essentially, like where evil is is relegated to the cursed realm, if you will, to hell, you know, whatever you want to call that. It's not destroyed in the sense of it, if it being annihilated so much as it is held captive, punished forever, etc., etc. Like there's held at bay. You know, you, you could you could frame it different different ways. Um, wow, it's spring here, but it's a little warm today. So, I find that fascinating, like, the idea of, of cosmic balance and, and, that, and that both both sides, both the dark and the light, if you will, in the context, you know, um, being-to-being, con- you know, conflict or group-to-group conflict within Star Wars, you, you know, certainly within the stories you, you have those that are considered good and those that are considered evil, if you will. But but the force is impartial. Like, it seeks only to bring balance, and both sides can draw on its power. It's a, it's a single power, and both sides can draw on it. 
you know, as opposed to there being an evil power and a good power. It's like, it's, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. So you have, it's like a fusion of those ideas where there is some sense in which there's, there's a dark and, and, and light forces, and yet it's still in some way all one force. So I was just, just thinking about that today, like, but the part of that, that that does appeal to me is the the idea of the connection between all living things. That, that's something I've contemplated a number of times over the last couple of years. Like, you know, you know, my as I've said, I used to be a religious addict. I'm, I'm ex. I don't know if I consider myself ex-religious, but I am an ex-Christian or an ex-evangelical is a more common term these days. Um, I was what could be considered an evangelical Christian for most of my life. I am no longer that. But as I look back on my life, it, it was often through fantasy and through science fiction that I found exposure to other religious ideas. Outside the context of it being judged evil by my, my religion. Obviously, within the context of my religion and it being practiced, those other religions, you know, whatever they are, Buddhism, you know, Islam, Hinduism, you name it, uh, whatever ism wasn't the ism that we approved of, was viewed as misguided at best and downright evil at worst. Um, so whenever they were talked about, it was in the context of them being judged as bad or deficient in some way. But I was allowed, uh, which I'm grateful for, I was allowed to watch science fiction and fantasy films and TV shows, uh, Star Trek being one, like that's where I was exposed to humanism. Um, and my dad, which also I'm grateful for, we actually talked about it. He talked, he identified it as such, like that's humanism. Now he views that as a bad thing, that's um, harmful, basically as, as a form of self-worship for humans, uh, as opposed to worshiping the Christian God. But I'm I'm grateful that we talked about it. Like we, we talked about it. We talked through it. Like you know so I, I learned to think critically and, and philosophically about television shows and movies. Like um, my dad also does not subscribe to what you call Darwinian or neo Darwinian evolution, uh, when it comes to origin of species, uh, nor when it comes to the origin of the cosmos. Um, he would hold to a conservative Christian perspective on that. Um I'm not, I'm not in the conservative Christian camp anymore, obviously, but I haven't completely bought in to neo-Darwinian thought or evolutionary thought. Like I've been exploring it quite a bit, and there are times where I use that framework just to, because I need something, some kind of framework in order to, to talk about the world around me, um, to explain things. And the framework I had is as in a sense broken for me now like I I can't use it so much I have to be careful how I use it because it can be triggering There's a lot of trauma there connected to it so I have to be careful about that um, but yeah uh, let's see what was I gonna say let's get back to Star Wars so it's through through films like Star Wars or or TV shows 
like Star Trek, you know, where I was exposed to different religious ideas. And it was in less less judgmental, more non-threatening context. Another example was the movie Avatar. Like, I, I found the spirituality that was present in Avatar very appealing. Like, the idea of the Nahvi being closely connected and in tune with nature. They, for the most part, worked with it, not against it. I'm going to pause for a second here. yeah that's one of the one of the reasons I'm grateful for science fiction and, and fantasy movies um, and in many ways like Star Trek being one of my favorites like in many ways it was like a weekly anthropology lesson in, in a lot of ways like you they were scientifically exploring and interacting with other cultures and, and doing so diplomatically and from a perspective of curiosity and openness and empathy and compassion um, you know and at times obviously they they got into fights as well because not everybody is friendly <laughs> out there in the universe if you will um, you know this is interesting that's one of the things I loved about about Star Trek Star Wars you obviously you have the conflicts as well you don't have as much of a focus on on religious beliefs like you even though it was from I guess what you call an atheistic humanistic perspective that Gene Roddenberry had even though it's being examined more scientifically it's like oh you know we've in the 24th century we humans have moved beyond that but we should still respect the cultures and the beliefs of others especially if the prime directive is involved In Star Wars, it, it's more like religion is just a feature of the universe, and it, it's not so much, it's not being examined scientifically so much as it is just a part of the story. And I like both. I like both. Like, I, I like the anthropological examination of, of differences in culture and different cultures. I, I like that. It's one of the reasons I like Star Trek. Um, but I also just like a story that. It's just a part of the story. And in some ways, like, Deep Space Nine, the series Deep Space Nine, was a fusion of those two, like, within the Star Trek world. Like, it was definitely a feature of the story. <coughs> Excuse me. But you didn't have as much of the... The examination... I mean, you had an examination of it, but it was different. It was more experiential. It was, it was a part of the character's lives and it, and it mattered to them you know um like major kira obviously you know she practices the bajoran faith and, and of course benjamin sisko ends up becoming what's essentially a god or a demigod in the bajoran faith um and and you see like ronald d moore who was one of the main producers and writers um i believe he also directed a number of episodes for deep space nine he went on later to do Battlestar galactica which which continued a lot of those spiritual themes Apparently, Battlestar Galactica was originally written by Mormons, and so it has some Mormon theology mixed in with it, which is interesting. Um, 
it, it's not it's not like unlike Battlefield Earth. <laughs> it's not meant this. I don't think it was meant to be like a an evangelistic tool necessarily for the Mormon religion, but it has some elements of that from what I understand. <coughs> Excuse me. Sorry, my throat's getting irritated. It's almost time for me to sign off here, but so yeah, like this is something I want to do from time to time, like talk about like spirituality from a nerdy perspective, if you will, <laughs> like within the realm of, of science fiction and, and fantasy films and comics and, and all of that, because they, they touch on deeply rooted themes. Like I was just reading a Thor comic book and, it, and like you think about it, like, like like the Marvel superheroes and stuff, like th those are our modern day Greek gods, right? And demigods. Like we now we're not worshiping them in the sense that we've formed a a organized religion around them, but there are. I mean, from what I've observed from from the fan community, uh, I think there are some religious elements to the way these stories are interacted with. Like we venerate. The texts we even use words like canon. Like, is this is this Marvel canon? Like, it's it's fascinating to me from an anthropological perspective, even as I just enjoy it as a fan myself. Um, yeah, it's 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 really interesting, and so like, it's just seeing the through line of of story making. Like, we humans are. Obviously, this is from our own perspective, but I think we're pretty damn good at making up stories, right? Uh, sometimes that's a bad thing, uh, but more often than not, it's a good thing. And I really enjoyed it. I think I'm going to end there for today. Um, I'm almost up to the line where I need to pick up my daughter. So I'm going to sign off for today. Um, keeping this under the 30 minutes, so that's good. Uh, once again, apologies for the background noise. Um, this is just my life. I got to record when I have time. So I hope you still enjoy it. And uh, feel free, uh, as I've said before, to go to my message board. It's on my Anchor profile page. So if you go to anchor.fm slash irreverentnerd, uh, on my public profile, there should be a link there uh, to leave me a voice message. Uh, I don't think anyone has left me one yet. At least I have not received a notification to that point. So, if you do, um, feel free to, to send me a message on Instagram as well. If you've connected with me there or following me there, just to let me know, like, hey, I sent you one, and I'll be sure to check. Like, if, if for some reason I don't get a um, notification. So anyway, my fellow nerds, Hope you have a wonderful week, and I will, or I should say, you'll be hearing from me, um, hopefully next Wednesday. So, peace. Thank you for joining me for today's episode of the Irreverent Nerd Podcast. Follow me on Instagram, at irreverent underscore nerd. That's at irreverent underscore nerd. You can also check out my YouTube channel, appropriately titled Irreverent Nerd. If you would like to send me a voice message to be included in a future episode, please go to anchor.fm forward slash irreverent nerd forward slash message and drop me a line. 
Stay weird, my fellow nerds. Until next time, may the Force be with you. Make it so. Avengers Assemble! I'm Batman. Welcome to this bonus episode of the Irreverent Nerd Podcast. I'm sitting here with my good friend Will. Hi. And my wife is also here. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're getting ready to watch the first episode of Moon Knight. And we thought we'd uh, do a little intro first, talk about what we know. Uh, I guess I'll start. I don't know a lot. I think I read one comic years ago that I got from on free comic book day and my initial thought was that this guy seems like a ripoff of Bruce Wayne that was my first thought but upon seeing the trailer for this series I'm like no if this is what he's like in the comics then it's like if Bruce Wayne had well disassociated identity disorder (laughs) Uh, so I'm, I'm expecting good things. Oscar Isaac is really cool. Uh, he's a good actor, uh, as is Ethan Hawke will be in this as well. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it, uh, and looking forward to learning about the Moon Knight world. As I said, I don't know much about it. Uh, so I'll turn it over now briefly to our resident comic book expert and see if he knows anything about Moon Knight. By the way, I think, I think a trouble ate your microphone. Anyway, jokes aside, uh, I was going to say that I've never read a Moon Knight comic in my life, but Richard helped jog my memory. I also got that free comic book day comic. It may or may not have been the same one. It was uh, his Mr. Knight persona climbing down down a ladder, and that's about all I remember about that comic. So, you know, uh, neither of us have a giant knowledge of Moon Knight. I mean, even prior to this... TV show being announced and created, I basic I knew the basic YouTube back history. I knew I, I read some of the Wikipedia, so I have some ideas. But no, neither of us are familiar. I've been doing some research on YouTube today in preparation, though, nice. for the uh, the viewing. So I'm gonna. Um, It's too bad I, I don't, Richard and I don't know a whole lot about uh, the comics uh, that this is based on or anything, because usually I like to uh, just see if they uh, if they honored the source of material. I guess we can find out after the fact. <laughs> so I plan to uh, read some comics throughout the series just to see as well as I'm curious did you want to say anything no, I'm good. my wife's good so <laughs> all right well we're gonna get to it and we'll come back uh, after the episode's over and uh, share our instant reactions <laughs> 